0: Amanda Earle is a writer of Erotica, based in Ottawa, Canada. Her work has appeared frequently on Erotica Readers and Writers Association website, and from there, a number of her stories have been selected for the the Mammoth Book of Best New Erotic, published by Carolyn Graff in the United States and Constable and Robertson in the UK. Welcome to The Bibliophile.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'd like to start off by uh, identifying the difference between erotica and pornography. I've read that erotica explains why something feels good or bad, and involves the reader in a meaningful exploration of fear or pain or longing, belief, love, hate, rejection, acceptance whereas pornography would simply focus on a physical act. Would you say that was an accurate
1: It's one? funny, this is a big discussion that I hear a lot of. A friend of mine who uh, used to publish a great periodical called Moist, Liam Tales, and said, erotica or porn, white, wine, or red. He considers it, and I do a matter of taste. Susie Bright doesn't distinguish between erotica or porn. I say I write smut. I don't make any value judgments about whether something is porn or erotica. I, I, one man's uh, porn is another man's erotica. So, for so it's me, just a label. Then. It's just a label, and yeah. it works. It's like going to a movie and seeing a triple X rating. That will, that will attract some people and make them go to the movie, or it will, it will turn people off and make them not go to the movie. For me, I don't care what you call it. Some people prefer to call their writing erotica. They think it sounds more literary. or And, and I think some of those distinctions that you mentioned made some sense.
0: It seems to me then, though, that one would get tired of pornography fairly quickly where it's simply you know screwing and penises and cunts and cocks and it, it seems to me that physical the physicality the focus on that would become quite boring after a time
1: i don't know i mean i, I think they're just terms i think some people would consider my work to be porn because i use all those terms so yes yes, you know. and
0: we, we, i'd like to uh, i'd like to get to your short story i used to think that time.
1: um erotica w- or, or, or writing about sex was just writing sex scenes, mm-hmm. and then my writers group corrected me really quickly. That's all I did at first. I just wrote sex scenes because when I was younger th- and I just read for for self pleasure. Well, I still do that sometimes too. So I, you know, you just go to the good parts and and that's all you do. Yeah. So I guess I, in that sense, I guess it's if you're just looking for that specific arousal, if that's all you're looking for. I mean, some people might call that porn. Again, I, I find that term I, it's just interchangeable for me.
0: What then? What do you seek to do when you write? erotica or porn or about sex what 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 do you want to get what do you want to elicit from the reader
1: my first thing is i'd like to arouse the reader like it's really important to me i say i can't make love to the world so i i'd like to i'd like to write so at least that way it's a way of of, of establishing that connection i like to write uh, In in theory, because sometimes it doesn't happen that way, but I like to write sex-positive fiction because, to me, one of the things that happens in in mainstream, a lot of times when sex is talked about, it's usually there to establish the conflict. It's something negative. It's something ugly. And uh, I can see that. But I like to write positive stuff, tolerant of all kinds of different sexual activity between consenting adults.
0: So there's no judgment, moral judgment involved. It's as long as it generates pleasure for the consenting parties then.
1: Yeah. I wrote this article called Freeing the Erotic Writer Within, and I don't think it's online anymore, but basically I said, I can no longer avoid going into exquisite detail about sex and the feeling of joy and memories of pain and sadness evoked. I am amazed at what a freeing experience it is to share fantasies and fictionalized truth with friends, kindred spirits, and even complete strangers. So it's also a kind of a chance to just share and it's a very intimate thing to uh, to know that someone is reading and being aroused or even just pleasured some way by by your words. It's quite empowering.
0: In actual physical sex, it's just as gratifying and exciting to, to give pleasure as to yeah. receive pleasure. So is this perhaps an extension of that? You're Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's nurturing. It's uh, It's very intimate. It establishes a connection where you might not normally have a connection, instance, a connection with what, the reader between people, yeah, between yeah. writer and reader.
0: Yeah.
1: And even getting feedback, sometimes people will send me uh, a little email about a story, and how much they, they love the story. It's, it's quite nice.
0: Yeah, it's sort of interesting, isn't it? I mean, the sex act itself is very physical. Reading it about it causes physiological change. <laughs>
1: Hopefully. That would be the idea.
0: So that's, again, that's your sure. I- ideal objective is to get someone, when they read your material, physically aroused and, uh, as a result, giving them pleasure.
1: Well, I think that would be nice. And also, I think that uh, the um, sex is first in the brain, most of all. So mm-hmm. I think that that's where it starts. And if, if for instance, uh, someone ends, they, they've read a story of mine and then they're... Uh, their partner comes home and they say, oh, we have to make love right away," and you know that would be great. I I, would, I think I've heard actually res- I've had responses like that. And that's the best response I could ever have.
0: Mm-hmm. There must be some sort of a you know an enticement and then a build up and then a climax. Do your stories replicate the actual physical en- encounter in a way? When you write the story, you want to obviously capture attention. You want to hold the attention. You want the reader to, to turn the pages.
1: Yeah, I actually, that sounds good. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's a great idea. No, uh, I mean, I don't specifically try to um, replicate the, the the act of sex. And, in fact, Susie Bright, in, in her book How to Write a Dirty Story, recommends not finishing with the sex act, but a lot of stories do that. A lot of erotica does that, and I'm no exception to that. I think that because uh, sex tends to be the central plot element in a lot of my stories, it does tend to be like that. Like any any good piece of fiction, you uh, you want to start with a strong opening, and you want to capture the reader's attention and sustain it throughout.
0: Mm. It's interesting. I mean, you've already got a really exciting topic. Most people are interested in it.
1: Yeah.
0: The words themselves, though, are titillating. Yeah. But just using those words and talking about the physical act, as I said, it seems to me that would get kind of boring after a while. Yeah. What do you do over and above just talking about the actual act itself?
1: I think that um, one of the challenges for uh, writers of erotica, to do that without being euphemistic and, and get rid of the old heaving bosoms and stuff like that, I try to write very sensually, so I call to the five senses. When I'm writing and it's really going well, I'm in the position of the character, so I I try to make it as as real and vivid as I can. One of those things that they say to writers, show, don't tell, and I know in some cases you still need to tell, but I think especially for anything describing sexuality, you really need to show as much as you can and call upon things that are um, not just just the physical, like not just mentioning the words, but also the emotional state of the person and their reaction. I'm very voyeuristic. Whenever I see someone, I always wonder a lot about their the, about them sexually, like you know, what do they do? What they like? And I try to write for readers who are also voyeuristic. So you also have to create compelling characters that people care about, all in the space of a few thousand words.
0: That get at one of the stories that you've written. I want to have a look at uh, a story entitled "Unraveling the Threads of an Ordinary Life." It's about a student. Claire, who goes to a class, and uh, the professor is erudite and intelligent and attractive. They have an encounter. He very quickly calls her a slut and talks about uh, punishing her and spanking. And she talks about how you know her regular encounters with men are boring and mundane and unexceptional. And this very aggressive approach excites her. And this would be one genre of. Erotica, then
1: right. There's a couple of different uh, names: BDSM or, or DS. I call it DS uh, dominance and submission. So yeah, that's that's one genre, subgenre. Even within there, there's a few different types of stories within that, or fiction within that genre as well. So like what? Yeah, there would be gay BDSM or MF or FF. You know, male female, female to female. So there's varieties. Within that, there's a lot of different varieties. For instance, there's a uh, Patrick Califia who writes. Uh, like that, he's got a book called Mortal Companion, which is a vampire book, but it's basically a, a DS book as well. So, that,
0: so this would be, be one particular genre. Is there a set number of genres that are...
1: A lot of different combinations, and the only way I can really tell is by the calls for submission that come up. So there are calls, for instance, for um, a heterosexual BDSM call, or there might be gay BDSM call.
0: BDSM uh, again, okay, again. Okay,
1: now there's a few different... Um, BDSM can stand for a few different things, but it can stand for Bondage, domination, sadomasochism, and and sometimes domination, submissive. There's a few different, because it's an initialism, and you can... But Basically, it combines domination with submission, and then it could have bondage or not bondage. I mean, there's lots of fetishes, too. Basically, it's on the side of the more edgier type story. You could have a fetish story about uh, golden showers, for instance.
0: So then, in this particular story, what I found interesting was it's almost as if she... What this this personality type
1: mm-hmm.
0: wanted to be punished, wanted to be treated like a slut, and was actually excited by that.
1: It's the idea of being released and feeling free, because a lot of a lot of times in in this kind of world, you can have a lot of responsibilities, you can lead a very full life, and you find maybe that you like to be free of those responsibilities. So perhaps in your in your sexual orientation you need to find a way to release. And I find it's a good subject for erotica because it's it's all about understanding your sexual self and being able to free yourself. To me th- this this story is a coming of age story about being able to let go of oneself and sometimes it takes someone else to give us permission to let go.
0: Yeah, this yeah. well this other she was looking for someone to sort of to take control. Yeah. So as you say so in, in this I suppose provided her with this feeling of well obviously excitement but, but freedom
1: and that's and the irony
0: the the interesting point about the story that it clearly held one's interest but you don't really get into any sort of explanation as to why she was interested in being punished or being controlled or had this excitement about being treated like a slut you don't provide any explanation for that. And I'm just wondering, was that something that you held back on on purpose?
1: I've read a lot of this type of, of erotica before. You can aim for different readers. If I was aiming for a more uh, beginner reader, I might have put more... Like I've written stories like that where I've put more of an explanation about what is the fascination with submission. But I wanted it to be a little bit more... Um, what's the word? Intuitive.
0: As a reader, and now I'm thinking, well, wh- why, what motivates a person? And, and you've answered it to some mm-hmm. extent about this desire to let go of responsibility right. and uh, this feeling of freedom yeah. and, uh, and possibly this thinking that they're deserving of punishment because they feel that they're bad.
1: In this case, it's more, um, there's a sensuousness to the feeling as well. Yeah, I, I think that it depends on the audience. Like for the people who have not read much, in this, you have to explain to them every detail and you take them through. And well, I, don't, I don't know, you'd know if
0: you have to. That's what I'm saying, though. Like the, yeah. the, the work, the story is a work of art. Right. Does it benefit from an explanation or, or does it not benefit from it?
1: I think it depends on the reader as to their level of understanding because I know this story in particular, I wasn't really aiming at like a new reader to the subject. Actually, I think I was more aiming at myself. <laughs> but yeah, I could see, for instance, that more detail on the character would be if it was a longer work I probably would put in something more of I mean I have other stories that are much longer where I include things like a person's diary entries on their feelings and how they're growing. For instance I have another story called Mandy where the character actually even from a young child she will she would look play a game with the lights and have the lights basically stop means she can't move and green means she can go. And and it's playing games even as a child to be sort of told what to do and being aroused by that.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. I think mu- much of this subculture, if you want to call it that, uh, punishment and spanking, yeah. and a, often it will go back to childhood experiences of corporal punishment, where there's a there's a some pleasure, but they guilt at the pleasure. Uh, yeah. there, there's a confusion around whatever may have happened to them in childhood that they may be trying to explore.
1: There's a, a woman named Dr. Dr. Gloria Brame, and she writes a lot of uh, reference books to help people understand the uh, that whole world, and one thing she says is there's a myth in, um, in the general population that says, well, you know, these people, um, maybe they were abused as children or things like that. In fact, according to her, the percentage of people with that is a, is the same as with the general population.
0: I'm speaking with Amanda Earle, a writer of Erotica, whose work has been selected and published in the mammoth book of... Best Erotica for 2007 I'd like to touch Briefly on a website And a community that you spoke about That you belong to It's the Erotica Readers and Writers Association Whereby you can actually Post your stories On a site for discussion And evaluation And then also, stories are selected and put in front of an audience, both a public audience but also publishers who can then choose to publish your work.
1: It's a really great and nurturing community of writers. It's international. I believe at last count there's something like 700 members. Not everyone writes stories, basically an email list, and uh, people, well-known and unknown writers, share their work, and then we critique one another's stories. So it's and you get some really well known writers like Midori has been on the list at least on the discussion list before. There's a man named Mike Kamara who's uh, a well known uh, writer. He's got a book out called Writing Naked. He's on there. So there's a lot of people that are that are well known and who've written a lot of erotica. And there's some of us who are more. I consider myself to be a neophyte. So
0: a neophyte that's getting attention.
1: I submitted a, a novel. Um, to a publisher and I haven't heard a word and it's more of a mainstream publisher but for the the erotica world I find them to be very professional. Like In submitting stories, I, I receive I occasionally don't receive acknowledgements and stuff, but for the most part, there's a lot of really interesting calls for submission. If you're interested in, in breaking into that world, that's where I would go.
0: Now, what is that? It's the Erotica Readers and Writers Association. If you Google that, you'll be able to get you the website. You can get it.
1: I think the actual site is, is www.erotica-readers.com. It
0: sounds like a, a, a really... Welcoming uh, venue for aspiring erotica writers. It would be nice if something like that existed in, in other genres.
1: I belonged to other online groups before. I belonged to this one, an online poetry workshop, and it was awful. It was also a kind of an international group as well but um,
0: just not supportive
1: a lot of rules about what they considered to be poetry and the critiques were not very helpful and, or constructive this group you get people really take the time to go over your work there's also a separate list for writers so that you hear about the pro- you talk about the process and also there's a general list for just chatting with friends they had a convention before I before I belong but there hasn't been one since I don't think they met in Toronto. A group of them. So it's kind of neat that they actually. I've I've made a few friends through through the group as well. We're sharing erotic stories, so it's natural that you you're pretty intimate with people about all this sex stuff.
0: Yeah, it's uh, sex is a shortcut to intimacy.
1: Well, I I don't think it really is in a lot of ways, but but uh, at least not in maybe in in life sometimes it seems like uh, it's perceived as something very uh, casual in some ways, but I think that in, in in writing about it and writing about all the nuances um i wouldn't say i'm becoming an expert but it's something that really fascinates me and the intimacy it can create is is exciting
0: why does it excite you so much if that's an obvious question about why does sex excite well we know that (laughs) doesn't
1: excite everybody
0: no i guess (laughs) well why does writing about it excite you so much
1: there's a couple of things, actually. One is that um, it's it's something that people don't talk about very much in, in their private life. It's something that you learn about a person, and it's an interesting thing about them, but it's something we don't talk about. And Even when I was a kid, I would read a book, say a, a cheesy romance novel, and be disappointed that they didn't give me the details. Like it's it's something that maybe I'm still that child. Physical and, details. Yeah, they've yeah. been that has been forbidden. It. They wouldn't let me see it or they wouldn't let me hear about it. So now I want to know about it and. And I also think it's strange that we we can't talk openly about it. Like I find I'm very open about things like that, and, but you can't if you're in at a dinner or something with a group of people, unless they're a special group of people. You don't suddenly start saying, "Oh well, last night my husband and I had really great sex. He really knows what to do with my clit." You just don't hear that kind of conversation. So of course, I say things like that all the time, but. I, that's probably why I'm not invited to too many dinners. But uh, it's just something that's so, something that's seen as private. And also, it bothers me that it's seen as shameful. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. I really dislike that. But well, there's a
0: difference between privacy and shamefulness, though, clearly, I would think.
1: Clearly there is. But for a lot of people, anything to do with sex is just something you're not allowed to talk about. And I think that that's a mistake for a lot of reasons. I think it's a mistake. The other thing is, personally, it frees me to be able to write about it because in this article I wrote a quote from Virginia Woolf, there was a time when for women to write or talk about sex was, you know, you just didn't do it, it wasn't appropriate, but um, for instance, um, let's see where where I can, yeah, here's uh, an entry from a diary from 1925, her imagination had rushed away. It had sought the pools, the depths, the dark places, where the largest fish slumber, and there, then there was a smash, there was an explosion, there was foam and confusion, the imagination had dashed itself against something hard, the girl was roused from her dream, she was in, indeed in a state of the most acute and difficult distress, to speak without figure she had thought of something, something about the body, about the passions, which it was unfitting for her as a woman to say, Men, her reason told her, it would be shocked. The consciousness of what men will say of a woman who speaks the truth about her passions had roused her from her artist state of unconsciousness. So, I want to be able to speak the truth about things, and even uh, another uh, poet, Muriel Rukhazer, said, what would happen if one woman told the truth about her life? The world would split open. So that's one of the reasons it excites me. Even though it's fiction, it's still an internal truth of mine that um, sex is a beautiful thing and it should be held up positively and talked about and celebrated. And that's what I try to do in my stories, is to celebrate it.
0: It seems to me that the turn of the 21st century, it's it's not anywhere near as field of landmines as 50 years ago it but shouldn't
1: be but it, you know it still is you think it is look at the crazy kerfuffle in the states over Janet Jackson revealing her breast now they have to have 5 second delays and, and meanwhile they'll show someone being shot at point blank you know yeah. ring, with a gun actually Phil Jenkins who uh, is a local writer said something great at the writers festival a few years ago he said Sex isn't pornography. Violence is pornography, and I agree with that. There, I think that that immature, prudish attitude towards sex is coming back, especially in In this, especially especially in this right-wing world, Mm. this right-wing Christian fundamentalist world, where we're we're supposed to be made to feel shameful because we enjoy sex. Uh, Some of the uh, websites that have been online have had to close down. Even something that just had to do with erotica was being closed down. Nothing to do with child pornography at all. In mainstream fiction you see a lot of stuff about underage sex and stuff like that, but in most erotica publishers will not take it uh, like you can't write about lots of things that you can you read about in, in mainstream fiction like for instance you don't you can't write a story I mean there are like underground things but in, the the reputable publishers will not feature things about bestiality or incest and things like that mm-hmm. I would think things, never
0: things write. that are degrading uh, yeah. yeah. or, uh, or uh, not
1: yeah and I would never write something like that so and I I'm in fact but in fact you read in mainstream fiction you'll read stuff like that all the time
0: yeah but again I mean that talking about freedom I don't think There's anything wrong with writing about it. No,
1: it's not. Again, it's just. But in Erotica, in fact, we have even more of a challenge because we, you know, we have to still make it seem interesting without without dealing with these subjects. The
0: extremes and uh, violent. Uh, Speaking of uh, extremes, uh, I I want to uh, turn to the uh, preface to a work by uh, Anais Nin, Erotica by Anais Nin, uh, Little Birds, where she says. It's one thing to include eroticism in a novel or a story, and quite another to focus one's, atten- one's whole attention on it. The first is like life itself. It is, I might say, natural, sincere, as the sensual pages of Zola or of Lawrence. But focusing wholly on the sexual life is not natural. It becomes something like the life of the prostitute, an abnormal activity that ends by turning the prostitute away from the sexual. Writers perhaps know this. That is why they have written only one confession or a few stories on the side to satisfy their honesty about life, as Mark Twain did. What's your take on that?
1: I don't think that any story that just focused solely on sex per se, like if it was just sex, 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 it wouldn't be a very interesting story. So I think you have to have more to it than that.
0: And what, what more to it? What
1: You have to have compelling characters. Y- it, some people might say you need an interesting plot, although I'm not... I like a lot of experimental writing, so I'm not also so gung-ho about having, a, having I like to have compelling characters. That's my main thing. Something that the reader will be interested in reading. So mm-hmm. I think if, if it was just a, a catalogue of sex acts... Actually, there's a book that w- uh, came out a few years ago called the sexual life of Catherine B and I was just looking through it it's a journal and it got all these rave reviews and I found it to be a very clinical catalog of sex acts and I didn't find it that interesting
0: so in a way I back to our original you know, tr- delineation yeah. between pornography and erotica <laughs> You Perhaps could say that that was sort of pornographic, and as a result, not particularly interesting
1: again, I wouldn't use the term pornographic, no. so okay. I just would say it's bad writing because yes. it doesn't compel the reader. Okay. However, if you ever re- read anything like the penthouse letters that's all they are they' they basically just catalog what they've done with someone, and that's not very exciting, but maybe the first the first time you read that, you know it's exciting to you at first, mm-hmm. and like Annie Simonnon says after a while becomes boring.
0: What is it that makes it compelling then? If it's not the actual, you know, act itself, is is it a delving into the motivations behind different behavior, sexual behavior? Is that that's what makes it compelling?
1: Yeah, I think it's that, and I also think it's the voyeuristic nature of it. It is kind of a of an ex- exaggeration, right? Because it's taking it's it's not a caricature, but it's taking, for instance, um, when you read a, a story. Where a person, uh, this woman, she has sex with a lot of different people, and not- well, you know, in real life, we pro- most of us don't don't experience that. So there's a vicarious pleasure, and it's also a fantasy that you're not experiencing in real life. Mm-hmm. I think it's the vicarious pleasure of of the fantasy and mm-hmm. putting okay. yourself in that position.
0: Frequent frequent occurrence of sex, or the easy access to, or it or, or, the or
1: the amazing, like to me, the most erotic character in fiction was Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights, and I'm always trying to write that character, that sort of sullen and um, angry man who had to keep his passions in check. You know, always trying to... That that letting go and release of passion. Mm -hmm. For me, that's exciting. And any time I can...
0: The repression is is, is sexy.
1: Yeah, and... Well, actually, there are some writers... In erotica, there are some writers who really specialize in dealing with that. Like, a whole bunch of... uh, erotica that centers around stuff that takes place in the church, for instance. And yeah. that's, so for, some, for people who are religious, it's a huge turn-on. It doesn't do much for me because I'm not religious, but for some people it's really exciting to imagine the priest or the, or the nun or whoever. You know, so it's, I think it is about about releasing repression.
0: I just want to close with another observation by Anais Din comparing the life of a, an erotica writer to the life of a prostitute, an abnormal activity that ends by turning the prostitute away from the sexual. She follows that by saying that, but what happens to a group of writers who need money so badly that they devote themselves in, entirely to erotica, what happens to them? How does this affect their lives, their feelings towards the world their are writing? And what effect has it on their sexual life? I'll ask those questions of you.
1: I, I find that uh, the more I write, the more I, be, the more interested I, be, I, I'm in. I but she's almost saying
0: though that that, that there's there's an imper- an economic imperative that forces these writers to go here because I guess they feel like it will sell better, and they're almost prostituting themselves to do this.
1: Well, I think wasn't it, was it Marx who said that that all work is prostitution or something like that? I mean, there are people who make a lot of money writing erotica. I don't do it for, for... I've gotten paid some for some of my work, but actually not that much, because it's really a labor of love for me. I don't I don't care about, about making a lot of money. I think that if you did write... That's what she's book, saying, though, yeah. isn't it?
0: Though she's saying that if they didn't have to, they wouldn't be focusing on it entirely. That I
1: know a lot of people who write erotica for the sheer pleasure of it, so yeah. I think like any writing, I think you have to... I, there's a lot of reasons why people write some uh, doing it for money but I think if if all you're doing is writing for money then I, I have a hard time believing that it would be any good but I know some erotically in my writer's group there are people who really they make a lot of money but they spend every day day in day out they're just they're there at their computers and they're turning out word after word and they have templates and they have formulas and they will take one story or one novel that they wrote for for instance as a, as a male female story then they will uh, send it to another call for submission or another a publisher and they'll change it so it's gay and they'll they'll rewrite the same story over and over. it's a factory to me. Mm-hmm. And to me I, I mean if I wrote like that then I would certainly not be interested in 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 writing anything I do like that I would be bored by. To me it's it's just a fun hobby that I do and also because I love to read I think it's it's just it just happens because I love to read that I, I also learned wanted to write like someone like uh, Robertson Davies inspired me to write because he 's such a good teller of stories, and i 've always been a teller of stories, so I like to tell stories and I think that the sexual is kind of the there's not a lot of things that haven 't been i mean even the sexual has been probably done to death really too so but to me it, it it's new and interesting to me, and as long as it keeps me amused i 'll do it. The other side of my life where I write poetry. Um, And there's more and more to learn about that. I mean, I think that the precision in language and trying to get the words right still comes out in in my erotica, too. So it's still a challenge. As long as it's still a challenge for me, I'll I'll still do it. I've tried to write stories that don't have sex in them, but I don't find it as interesting. (laughs)